Hi, Star Wars friends. I'm Ryan Walker, and this is episode 33 of Jump to Lightspeed. If there's one thing that is true about Star Wars, it's that one of the focal points of the series is exploring the dynamics of fathers, or, or father figures, and their children. And for the most part, thinking about the movies, these relationships tend to be pretty dysfunctional. I mean, the original trilogy, after all, is about two and two-thirds movies of Vader trying to kill Luke and his friends. In the prequels, we have Palpatine manipulating Anakin to help him bring a close to the Sith Grand Plan. And then later on, we get Anakin and Obi-Wan trying to kill each other on Mustafar. In the sequels, we learn of the fractured relationship between Han and Ben, the the latter of whom kills the former. And in Solo, we see Beckett take on the father figure role with a young Han, complete with a double cross, and, of course, the origin of Han having to shoot first. Now, to be fair, there have been some healthy father-child relationships shown on screen. Bail Organa and Leia, for example, are assumed to have had a a pretty healthy relationship. Qui-Gon and Anakin had a brief but positive relationship. Heck, even Jango Fett seemed like a pretty good dad to Boba Fett, even if he was, you know, training him to take over the family mercenary business. But those positive interactions, those positive relationships, have rarely been the central focus of the stories being told. That changed with The Mandalorian. When the first trailers hit the interwebs, maybe six to eight months ago, it looked like we were going to be getting a gritty, action-packed, western-inspired Star Wars series, following a lone bounty hunter as he tangles with Imperial Revenants and gets into and out of entanglements across the galaxy. And while that is partly what we got, we also ended up getting a series that, at its forefront, focused on two of the most healthy father-child or father-figure-child relationships in Star Wars lore. Now, the first, obviously, is the relationship between Din Djarin, who, who will always be Mando to me, and the child. It really does seem to be love at first sight, as Mando almost instinctively destroys IG-11, his, his recent comrade-in-arms, whom he just relied on to help him survive a tough battle with the Niktos. But when the assassin droid did what an assassin droid does and made it clear he's going to assassinate the child, Din had to take matters into his own hands. The Mandalorian and the child forge a bond in their struggle with the Mudhorn, which triggers Mando's change of heart. In episode 3, he returns to the scene of the sail to rescue the child, and as the season progresses, we, we learn why this instant bond was formed through Din's flashbacks seeing all of the ways that Mando's being rescued and adopted by the Mandalorians mirrored his own rescue of the child. Both were hidden someplace safe during a conflict that most likely they didn't fully understand. Young Din was found by a super battle droid, while baby Yoda was found by IG-11. Din was saved from sure death by the Mandalorians, while the child was saved by THE Mandalorian. They're both foundlings, and while Din joined the clan that saved him, went all in with their, with their culture and their philosophy. It seems as though he is determined to ensure that the child has the kind of life of which he was deprived. We frequently see him take the ball off a lever on his, 
I guess we'll call it a dashboard, to, to occupy the child on those long drives through hyperspace. And in episode four, Sanctuary, we find Mando on the edge of leaving the child in the care of the peaceful villagers on the planet Sorgon. The relationship that developed between Mando and the child was far and away the unexpected twist of the first season of The Mandalorian, one that I think has universal appeal and is most likely a big part of the reason that the show has been as successful and as popular as it has become. Now, I said there were two father figures, so I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the relationship between Queel and IG-11. The monologue over the training montage of Chapter 7, uh, called The Reckoning, was maybe a touch heavy-handed, but it really described what it's like to raise a child. So in that episode, Queel says, It was left behind in the wake of your destruction. I found it laying where it fell, devoid of all life. I recovered the flotsam and staked it as my own in accordance with the Charter of the New Republic. Um, first of all, that's exactly what bringing a new baby home feels like. Um, destruction. It's, it's, there's just mess everywhere for the first 12 months. And they definitely don't move around a whole lot during that time. Also, as an aside, how crazy is it that the New Republic has an official policy that basically says, finders, keepers, losers, weepers? But I digress. Uh, Quill continues. Little remained of its neural harness. Reconstruction was quite difficult, but not impossible. It had to learn everything from scratch. This is something that cannot be taught with a twist of a spanner. It requires patience and repetition. I spent day after day reinforcing its development with patience and affirmation. It developed a personality as its experiences grew. So, Quill says all that about this destroyed assassin droid, whose base programming is to, you know, kill whatever it's told to kill, and blow itself up if it's going to be caught. And I'm thinking to myself, man, that mirrors exactly what's going on with Din and the child, and also it mirrors what's going on with me and my own children. I have three children at home, including a one-year-old, and she really is currently learning everything from scratch. I can't twist a spanner and have her suddenly know how to walk or how to feed herself. It requires patience. Lots and lots and lots of patience. And lots and lots and lots of repetition. And lots and lots of affirmation. And my daughter is at an age where she is definitely developing a personality, and man, she's going to be trouble. It's tough raising a child, teaching it to be a person, and it's funny that this little ugnaught voiced by Nick Nolte is giving all parents out there some great advice on how to ensure that their little assassin droids grow up to be good people. And I'm pretty sure that Din is going to honor the memory of Quill in Season 2 by taking his words to heart in his interactions with Baby Yoda. We kind of already see that Baby Yoda, if left to his own devices... Um, could stray over to the dark side. He, he did use the Force to choke Cara Dune during an arm wrestling match. So it's going to be up to Din, through patience and through affirmation, to ensure that the child grows up to be a, an, honorable, um, an honorable being. Anyways, thanks for listening to Jump to Lightspeed today. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please hit the subscribe button in your podcatcher and share this episode with a friend. If you'd like to share your thoughts on father figures in The Mandalorian or across Star Wars, you can send me an email at jumptolightspeedpod at gmail.com or a tweet at jump, the number two, lightspeed. And if you have a minute to spare an honest review at Apple Podcasts, uh, it would go a long way to helping other podcast fans find my show. 
I'll be back a little later with another episode about The Mandalorian, but until then, may the Force be with you.